Speaking of reliability, a podcast with good friends talking with you about reliability engineering topics. Welcome to Speaking of Reliability. This is Carl Carlson. And this is Fred Schenkler. Hey, Carl. Hey, Fred. Hey, I understand that your your inbox has is, is been busy. You've got a plethora of stuff going there. It keeps humming, and I really appreciate it. it just, it's so enjoyable because you know, one of the things I've learned about uh, FMEA-related questions is there's no there's no no-brainers. That's a double negative, but uh, <laughs> there ain't no-brainers. Always challenging, <laughs> and so they're kind of fun because they it, it stimulates my thinking and to respond. And so I really appreciate when people send me questions. Uh, one of them I'll mention today, which is kind of fascinating, touches on the subject of reliability-centered maintenance. And RCM has a front end that's very similar to FMEA. It's almost exactly like FMEA, and I can describe what's different. So this person was asking about is, you know, when he's doing maintenance work and wants to do an FMEA related to maintenance, how does that relate to design FMEA? And so it was a fascinating subject. Oh, okay. Oh, and. You know, when you mention that, I, I, and I'm by no means an expert on RCM. I'm familiar with it, but haven't really ever conducted it or, or been involved with this, uh, that program or that study or, you know, that activity. Um, <clears throat> but I fully realize that, that at the start, you got, you don't want to boil the ocean. You got to figure out what's important. What are the critical pieces of equipment that you need to focus on? And, you know, it's, I, I remember one shop I was at is, the a, a, a truck showed up and started going through all of the nuts and bolts in a great big uh, storage container and was just, you know, putting in new stuff and writing a note down. And, and it says, what's that about? And he goes, well, we don't count bolts. <laughs> we have a company that comes in and tops off all the stuff. And he, he also stops at the Ace Hardware down the road and, he, you know, and he does all this stuff. We don't worry about that. We just make sure that we have a hundred nuts and bolts of these kinds, and that's it. We just don't worry about it. And then the other end of the spectrum is there's stuff that, unfortunately, the reason I was there is that there was stuff that was critically important to their equipment, um, which they were not paying attention to because it was too complicated, and so that it was causing all kinds of downtime for them. So I was like, that's kind of not an RCM, but that's not a good a good lead in for no, you. No, no, that's 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 very similar though. You're right. You're right. There's, and it, what's fascinating here, Fred, is there's different, different types of FMEA, and some people spend their entire career on one type. Like a design engineer would be focused on design FMEA, mm-hmm. or a reliability engineer might be focused on design FMEA, and yet another engineer, like a manufacturing engineer, would be focused on process FMEA, mm-hmm. and they're very different. Uh, there's similarities. Uh, but there's differences, of course. And then a maintenance engineer or even an installation, uh, uh, but usually maintenance, is focused on preventive maintenance plans, that type of thing. Right. And there's a special type of FMEA that's front end to that. And that's what I had to get into in answering this gentleman's question. Okay. Well, how, I mean, well, what makes it unique to an RCM then, that, that relation there? You hit the beginning beautifully, which is, you, you can't boil the ocean. You can't do everything. 
And so I call it preliminary risk assessment. I use it in system design. I, when I do FMEAs, I use it in um, even in process FMEAs, uh, especially important in maintenance. And so there, there's where you, you have a lot of equipment that might be in the assembly plant or wherever it is. It could mm-hmm. be just equipment that's operating in, um, in some uh, building. And you can't do RCM on every subsystem and component of that equipment. And so there's a front-end preliminary risk assessment. And it's the same type of procedure, whether you're doing design FMEA, process FMEA, or in this case, a form of FMEA that we could call maintenance FMEA. And so you want to start with that narrow down of which equipment is most critical. In my experience with uh, design FMEAs, I almost always, I always, you know, get started, especially if it, if the product has a power supply, I'll, I'll get a piece of paper and write down, here's what I think we're going to talk about, right? And I put it down on the face down on the table. And then we go through this preliminary step and it's like nine out of times out of 10, it's the power supply is the big issue on the <laughs> table. <laughs> Not surprised. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, how could I have guessed that? Uh, yeah. Well, that's part of the narrow down is experience, which is informed by data. Yeah. And uh, that, that's what, what where the problems often lie. Um, so you narrow down to certain equipment that's most important. Then you go about doing an FMEA on that equipment. But it's a little different procedure. And I cover that in Chapter 15 of my uh, book on effective FMEAs, mm-hmm. uh, what the difference is between a design FMEA and the maintenance FMEA that you do in support of RCM. But I'll mention one of the key differences is the level of detail. So you can imagine if you're doing a pump FMEA or you're doing an H, some type of uh, um, pumping system mm-hmm. uh, that has a pump failure. Well, if you're doing design FMEA, you can go deeper. You have a pump failure and you get down to the impeller and you can get down to impeller blade and failure mechanisms of the impeller blade. And all of that is appropriate for design FMEA because you want to get down to failure mechanism. However, on a maintenance FMEA, you don't take it that deep. You take it to the level of what I call maintenance actionable. So if if all you're going to do is replace the pump Mm -hmm. in a system that uses a pump, you don't need to get into what the causes of the pump failure. And that's a maintenance FMEA. Now, yeah. you and I have talked about this. You can go deeper, of course, and it's useful to pass the information back to design. But very often, the maintenance team doesn't have that time yeah. or that charter. And so that's where I get to that. That's where I kind of, you know, like, ah. No, I know. I mean, it, just replacing it is kind of admission to defeat in my mind in a maintenance activity is, is that especially when you and I, I work with a team and they're like well we replace this pump every week you know i don't it doesn't matter if we get faster at it we got a lot of practice anybody on the team can go do it now it's and we just replace it on purpose once a week when we have spare time because we know it's going to fail and so they were inadvertently doing predictive maintenance and i was like this is costing us a lot of money and they're like yeah but nobody listens to us so then we dove deeper into it did the failure analysis and found it was really the wrong design for the application but it was that's why it keeps failing yeah and it was one of those things that 
you know, the team knew it, but they were frustrated because, you know, your job's to replace it. Go, go replace it, make it work. And, but they were, they had the wrong piece of equipment for the mission, basically. It was, that's frustrating in that regard. Absolutely. And, and, and you know, what's interesting, Fred, is the, the new team uh, that I'm on, uh, that is SAE 1025, is developing a replacement for mill standard 1629A, which was canceled years ago, but never replaced, mm-hmm. not in, a, in an effective way. There was a, a publication, but it's not used. So we are covering the intersect. One of the things we're covering is the intersection and relationship between design FMEA and what's called supportability FMEA, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is what I'm talking about in terms of maintenance. Right. And so I think a front end is you would do the design FMEA on the pump and you would get the root causes and you would improve the pump. That would be perfectly good. But then you take certain information. You don't start over. You take the same functions, failure modes, and then you you do the supportability FMEA. But in that case, you don't have to go down as deep because you're so you've done now you've done both. You've got the DFMEA, which satisfies what you're talking about, gets to the underlying failure mechanisms and improves the design. But then you take a portion of it and do a supportability FMEA. And we're having a great time with subject matter experts detailing what portion. In other words, what is the exact relationship between design FMEA and and essentially the maintenance FMEA or supportability. Yeah. See, I, you know, I have a hard time with that because the, they're so intertwined. The, and mm-hmm. there's two levels of design. There's the design of the team that made the pump initially, and they're making it available for different applications and sale you know, on their, in their catalog. And they can do a design FMEA because they're picking the materials, they're picking the horsepower, all kinds of good stuff, right? Then there's the team that's saying, I want that pump in my factory. That's a design decision in my mind, yes. right? Yes. And that's, that's another opportunity to go through and, and think through the design FMEA. It's at a different level than picking the materials in manufacturing processes for the initial design. See, in my mind, and is one of my criticisms of your book, Carl, is that you got, I don't know, I've lost count. There must be 35 different named FMEAs. <laughs> yes. Right? Just get the team together and... <clears throat> that in my opinion it's it's it they're all very very similar there's subtly different focuses and different things the difference between like a hazard analysis and a design fmea is where you focus what's what are you looking at same with many of these different types of things the language may be different the type of team you put together would be different yeah at the end of the day is like what are the top 20 things that we need to address and what are the critical things to safety that we have to address and it's Let's focus and prioritize where our effort goes. I, I think arguing over whether it's a, a process MEA, FMEA or a maintenance FMEA or whatever is, I think, misses the point. Well, it can. Uh, the, and, and this is a good uh, debate. The, what I chose to do in the book was to focus on fundamentals that apply to all types of FMEAs. Yeah. And that's probably... 90% oh, yeah. of, I of agree. the work is the fundamentals because a failure mode is a failure mode. And, and a, so you, there's a, a lot of overlap. And then what I did, and you're totally correct, on chapter 15, 
I took, which is the second to last chapter, I took the different types and said, okay, here's an RCM front end. Here's a, uh, a diagnostic front end. Here's a, you know, the different kinds that you can get into different flavors. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're all the same well, fundamentals. That, it makes perfect sense in that regard. It's, it's when I, what gets under my skin a little bit is when a standard says thou shalt do a, a supportability thing, and then you're not allowed to talk about any of this other stuff. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, I you know, it's like, no, 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 no. I didn't think that's the way you're going with this. Totally agree. When I'm doing a design FMEA, if that's the charter, somebody brings up a manufacturer, I'm not going to drop that. Right. Some, this is the, the purist would say, shut up. Don't, <laughs> don't yeah, talk about don't that. Don't talk about that here. We don't yeah. do maintenance here. <laughs> well, for, for example, if you have a, maintenance problem and you're doing a design fmea let's add a function you can consider a function in the design fmea design for maintainability yeah you have to be able to maintain it, it you know. absolutely and same with uh somebody brings up a manufacturing problem yeah well we might have a missing design for manufacturability design for assembly which is a function in a design fmea yep so there's a lot of ways to do this and you don't have to get tripped up into all the different flavors and you can't speak up and things like that. So I, I'm in spirit. I'm very similar to what you're describing. Uh, so let me go on on this, uh, how I answered this person's question. Oh, yeah, yeah. You had this question. <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they were tripped up and they're doing a design FMEA, but somebody brings in maintenance. Mm -hmm. and, and, the, and that's exactly what you're talking about. I said, you don't want to miss that. Because you can add a function in the design FMEA that relates to the main maintenance, and that may be appropriate. But then I introduced him to the topic, and there is a good topic called uh, reliability center maintenance. Mm -hmm. It's a body of knowledge. There's it's it's as big as design F bigger than design FMEA in terms of the number of people in the world that are doing it. Mm -hmm. And and but but there's only a few differences. One of the differences is the the logic that goes into the evaluation of the seriousness of the effect. So, and this is important to know. And so when you're doing RCM, you actually have to look at the, it's called RCM decision logic diagram. And I'll put a copy of this in the show notes, but rather than just identify the effect in RCM, in order to develop the tasks, the maintenance tasks, you go through a matrix that's very defined, it works really well to determine is it evident, in other words, you can see it, or is it hidden, and that's important yep. in terms of task selection, and is it safety related, or is it operational related, or economic, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And those help you develop which maintenance tasks become part of the, the uh, preventive maintenance plan or the predictive maintenance plan. Uh, conditions-based monitoring, all the different types. Right. And let me il illustrate that with an example. And I did illustrated this in my reply to the uh, person. In the in, in an example years ago, and I'm talking the early 2000s, I was out at uh, Chesapeake, Virginia, at a naval um, submarine design. Basically, design engineers on submarines, but they were very into the operation because at this the, this point they were they had already done the design. They launched. And they're talking about how to maintain it. And the question there was on the a blower motor. Uh, what maintenance tasks are appropriate for a blower motor? And how do you select those? 
Now you could imagine if you're in operation in a submarine underwater, you don't want that blower motor. This is the air quality. This is the HVAC blower motor. Mm -hmm. You don't want that to stop because it's really difficult for the sailor to crawl through the vents and get to the motor and, uh, and make sure it all it works and everything. And so you want to, where possible, you want to uh, maintain the blower motor when you're in dry dock. So you get into what's called a maintenance strategy of run to failure. Well, that might not be the right strategy right. when you're in operation. So all those things can be, and, and reliability comes into it because you look at the failure distribution of the mo you understand why the motor, uh, the blower motor fails, and then what's the failure distribution, and from a reliability standpoint, what's the trade-off between putting in a brand new uh, motor at the beginning of the mission versus the awful effect is if the motor fails, right. and all of that is reliability comes into it perfectly. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to share that example of one of the differences, and we use the decision logic to uh, to get to it. I mean, they couldn't just open up the outside hatch and fix it yeah. <laughs> underwater, yeah. under the ice cap or something like yes. that. <laughs> so it, it's just fascinating, and 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 then you get this competing body of knowledge because um, I, I try to focus on principles for failure mode and cause in the RCM world are different, even though they use the same words, failure mode and cause. Yeah. So I had to understand what those differences were so that people could translate easily going one for, from one to the other. Now, that's an interesting question. And it's one of the, you know, the, I knew RCM used many aspects I was familiar with, but I never really, I never looked into it deep enough to think, oh, well, it's FMEA at the front end here. <laughs> you know, maybe it's because I, I tend not to worry about the labels on it. And, you know, part of that, I was talking to, uh, I think it was Greg the other day, uh, a couple of days ago. And, um, and you've been there as you come into a team and say, all right, we're, we're going to do an FMEA and half the team goes, oh, not that. We don't want to do that. <laughs> not that. And I wonder if that's true with RCM. I, I wonder if there's groups that have really, cause it's done well, it's extremely important and useful. Same with FMEAs and lots of other tools. Yet I imagine that not every, there's a spectrum of performance on it also. Yeah, you're totally right. The, the, Number of people, and I'm going into a lot of plants, going to a lot of companies, focusing on design and process and maintenance. There's there's always an undercurrent of people that go, oh no, yep. and uh, and so that's why that one of the reasons why I developed the preliminary risk assessment, where you narrow down, and then you only use the functions that are most important, is to deal with the people that are going, oh no, not this again. Yeah. Because if you focus on things that are really critical and matter, and then, then the people are more involved. Yeah, yeah so no, that, that's very true. That, that's an important aspect. Yeah, that's always there. And it's one of the reasons I teach FMA facilitation, because the facilitator, the team leader, has to be very good at getting to the most important issues so he's not boring everybody to death. Yep, yep. No, I agree. No, well, it's... One thing that caught me by surprise is there's more people doing RCM than FMEA, design FMEAs. Is that, where's that come from? Oh, where, where's the data come from? That was when we worked at uh, Reliasoft, the, when I worked there, um, supporting them. Okay. Uh, there were more opportunities to support uh, RCM 
plus plus, which is the ReliSoft software right. that uh, brings reliability in, than there were in design FMEs. And they did some surveys on uh, in terms of marketing and demand and that type of thing. And there is a huge amount of work that's done in operational capability. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. It's the reliability in operation. So you're talking about plants and gas and oil and uh, equipment that's yeah. operating. Well, even facilities like a building with its HVAC yeah. systems and water systems and sewer systems and everything else. That all has to get maintained. And if you can extend the life and improve the economics uh, and improve the safety by good preventive maintenance, that has a huge economic payoff. And preventive maintenance is the outcome of RCM. That's one of the outcomes of RCM. Yeah. Yep. as a preventive maintenance plan. No, so you, cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was an interesting question, and it uh, got, got me into thinking about it a lot. And so uh, I'd be very interested to hear from our listeners. Have you done maintenance FMEA work or RCM work, and how is it different in your opinion, and what questions do you have? Yeah, you got to keep Carl thinking. Like, <laughs> in <laughs> yeah. my retirement, it keeps me active. Keeps you active. It certainly does. And so head over to ascendoreliability.com slash go slash SOR, and it'll give it, uh, have a couple of opportunities to uh, add your comments or questions there. Also, Carl and I and the other hosts of the show are available through LinkedIn or our about pages on Ascendo. So plenty of ways for you to get in touch with whatever your question is, but if you've got RCM and FMEA related type questions, you know, fire them off. We'd love to hear from you on those. Um, so with that, I'm just trying to think of what's on my maintenance list for today. Yeah. What are we <laughs> going to maintain today? Oh, geez. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm not going to go into all the house projects I got going on to maintain stuff. We're, we're kind of battening down for the winter, trying to make sure all the, you know, the door seals are there and, and stuff like that. But uh, Well, I know I shouldn't extend this, but I'll take 30 seconds just for fun. Is, uh, you know, I'm living in a condominium and uh, you know, happen to be on the board. So we're dealing with the maintenance of the sprinkler system which was installed 30 years ago. And whoever installed it on some of the sprinkler heads, they glued them on. And so the maintenance is so difficult because you don't want to break the pipes up behind the walls. And and so I just, thinking ahead on how something needs to be maintained when you do the original installation or the original design is so important. <laughs> As you're finding out the hard As way. As I'm finding out 30 <laughs> years later. <laughs> yeah, no, I got similar stories. That might be a subject to a whole other podcast. It could be. What are the nightmares? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, Carl, good luck with hey. the sprinklers. And we'll talk to you later. Talk to you later, Fred. Thanks. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Speaking of Reliability. We invite you to join the conversation. If you have a question or a topic, that you think we should discuss in a future show, please let us know. You can find a comment box below the episode show notes or just leave a note as part of a review on iTunes.